Dosri Nune Gor Holodeck Cash. Welcome to the Holodeck is Broken, a Star Trek rewatch podcast. I'm your Captain Laura. I grew up watching most of Star Trek. I'm your first officer, Mac. I've watched way too much Star Trek. I'm Eris, your communications officer, and I've seen some of it. I'm Z, chief security officer, and I have no idea what's going on. Our seven-year mission. To rewatch all of Star Trek from the very beginning. Boldly going where everyone but me has gone before. Hey, I'm Laura. I'm Mac. I'm Eris. And I'm Z. And this week, your away team moves on from Star Trek The Next Generation to their movies, starting with 1994's Star Trek Generations. Oh, it was like right after the show. It was that same yeah. year. Like, uh, All Good Things aired in May. Uh, I think Generations came out in November. Oh. Uh, that's interesting. Mean, all Good Things wrapped up production. Well, while All Good Things was shooting, they were shooting all of the opening scenes of this movie with Kirk and oh. on the oh. lot at the same time. They gave the TNG crew like 10 days off, and then they came back and started shooting the movie right oh. away. Damn. Yeah. Well, they didn't have to strike down sets or... No. Yeah. Yeah. They just blew it up at the end. <laughs> this, this is a movie I have a weird knowledge of because let's go back to 1994. I was not born yet. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, at this moment, you were born. All Good Things came out four days before my birthday. Yes, but I'm talking about but the, the movie. This, this the movie this, did. This okay. summer. Okay. Uh, All right. So you exist. I, yeah. yeah, you exist. I'm 10 years old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, barely. Yeah. And I go to my first Star Trek I'm convention. I'm seven. Okay. Now, in the wild west of Star Trek convention days, Gene Roddenberry had a company called Lincoln Enterprises that sold memorabilia. Okay. They sold it at conventions, and what they would also do, since Roddenberry always got CC'd on scripts for the movies, he would just sell copies of the scripts to movies. So it's... June of 1994, the movie is still like five months away. Mm. It's been filmed, like they just wrapped it up. And I see in this big, massive table of movie screenplays, I've never read a movie screenplay in my life, they've got the script for the new movie that I haven't seen yet. I'm like, I want that. Mm. <laughs> I spent 20 bucks for that and I read it that night. And I oh. knew everything that was going to happen in this movie before it happened because I read the fucking script. Mm. I don't think Shatner read the whole script, but I read the whole script. <laughs> <laughs> So watching it with you guys was interesting. It wasn't like Wrath of Khan where I you had never seen it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is a movie that's great," and I'm seeing how it works. But your reactions were very interesting. So I want to hear what do we think of Star Trek Generations? It was a, it was cute. That's yeah. that's that's probably yeah. right yeah. objectively. Yeah. yeah. Um, I there was a moment in the middle that I was like. Oh, is this the climax? I feel like I'm missing a story beat. Like, I understood the plot, but, like, I had literally just this morning watched All Good Things, mm. which had more incutries in the plot line yes. than this movie, which is relatively straightforward in terms of, like, this happens and this happens and this happens. It's MacGuffin is a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, but mm -hmm. we, we'll, we can yeah. get into that, yeah. But, I mean, honestly, I've seen worse MacGuffins. Sure. So, uh, but yeah, no, there was a moment where I was like, oh, this is a really long Star Trek episode, but uh, where all good things felt like a movie. Mm -hmm. Right? It I felt agree. like it was, like, flip-flopped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, I mean, I liked it. I think it was it was nice to see Lursa and Bator again. and one get to see time. their Yeah, and we're like, oh, well... That's one more loose thread that's been wrapped up. We don't have to worry about them they, again. Uh, they've done some bad things, but they are sure as shit going to Stovacor. 
Because they took out the Enterprise D on the way out. <laughs> that was true. <laughs> Did she have her kid yet? I don't know. Right? Mm. I don't know what the, uh, because no. if, the cycle is of a of a Klingon. Like, how long yeah. are they pregnant? Yeah, because if mm. Alexander had a the dagger that had the, her son's, like, little mark on it, then mm-hmm. wouldn't that have meant... So yeah. did something happen? Then, and then there was... And then... Oh, you no. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean <laughs> you growing up without a mom. Oh, my God. Know. This is yeah. tragic. Okay. What if Worf adopts that kid? Then him and Alexander are going to have a lot to talk about. (laughs) I think both Alexander and Worf will be like, oh, 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 the Duras child doesn't have its mother? Well, she's going to have it. Sucks to be you. uh, uh, Duras killed my mom. (laughs) My dad killed your mom. Even? 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 See you on the playground. (laughs) Yeah, I do like, like watching that thread. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed seeing the dude from Tank Girl again. <laughs> I, it's so wild Malcolm that McDowell Malcolm McDowell always... is the dude from Tank Girl. Too. <laughs> Listen, he is. I'm gonna show you Tank Girl. Like I will bring it. I'll like, bring it over today. Not, not, not Clockwork Orange. Not time no. after time. No Tank Girl. Yeah, I, well, I know him. From... Fucking creepy in Tank Girl. He caused many nightmares of me who first saw it when she was 21. <laughs> He plays the villain in some. I think here's okay. Here's the thing. I think it's a Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Movie. <laughs> well, that can't be true. I, th- I, I think it's it's a like an early two thousands like fashion sh- movie kind of thing, uh-huh. and I'm pretty sure he plays the villain in it. And I can't for the life of me remember what the movie is. He was also in that that movie you watched that cats. Jungle Cats, or whatever that movie was that you watched for Cabin. Oh, yeah, Cat, Cat People. people. No, yes, yeah. It's jungle Cats. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, in Tank Girl, name? he walks across a, bunk of, a bunch of broken glass on purpose and, like, doesn't flinch. And he does it as, like, an intimidation power move to get all of his subordinates to, like, fall in line to go genocide this, like, thing. And I'm just like, that's why he's the Tank Girl guy. It's like, <laughs> the, the, the broken glass genocide. Okay. <laughs> It's, it's, it's terrifying. <laughs> What's the actor's name? Oh, it's Malcolm, Malcolm McDowell. McDowell. It's an interesting Frankenstein's monster of a movie. Here's mm-hmm. my... Oh, what, what are your feelings on the movie? I, um, I'll, I'll get to mine. I like it okay. I yeah. see it more as... Yes, it, it's it's kind of an episode mm-hmm. movie. Um, and it's... Which is fine. I like the blending of the the old crew to the new crew but it, yeah. it feels like we've also done that before in smaller pieces yeah we had bones on the ship and then we had scotty on the ship and spock on the ship and mm-hmm. you know so it feels a little bit like shatner's like when am i gonna have a turn yeah. um but i only do movies or you know something like that That's how I imagine how that yeah. happened so i think there's there's bits of it it hits a lot of like emotional things yeah. for me as well like overall it's okay it is not my favorite next gen movie um but it's okay and it's got some great data mo- moments for those of us that love data yes yeah data gets an emotion shift and then he mm-hmm. starts laughing at jokes that he heard seven years earlier which kind of cracks me up a little Good bit for and him. he gets to say shit in the movie which yeah. like I want to say I saw this in the theaters because um, I was 14. I want to say that was one of those, like, cheer in the theater moments. Yes. Yeah. I've always thought this movie is an interesting case study in studio politics in the 1990s. Okay. Do sure. So. I will come to this TED Talk. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you have this movie that's supposed to relaunch this franchise. Mm-hmm. And here's the task you have to do. You have, at least as you're starting out, you have seven original series characters. And you have seven next generation characters. And the ideal situation is every one of them gets their moment in the sun. Tall order. Okay. You have two stars, Shatner and Stewart. Mm-hmm. Anyone, either one of them is not obligated to be there. And if either one of them walks, the whole movie falls apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, Whoopi Goldberg is the unassailably biggest movie star, especially at that time. That was a time when you could put the word Whoopi on a movie poster and everybody would go, sh- yeah. see an opening week. Yeah. She, she is the biggest draw and probably the most cooperative cast member. Because she's just thrilled to be there. Like, yeah. I'm in a Star Trek movie. Let's do it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this, the, the script went through so many different iterations. Like, they they wanted to have it almost be the Enterprise A crew, Kirk and Company, versus Picard and Company. Because <laughs> that would have been a cool poster. Those two mm. Enterprises firing at each other. They couldn't figure out a way to do that and make them both seem like heroes. Mm-hmm. Now... <laughs> They could have done the movie poster anyway, and we come to the movie and we're like, oh, okay. They had a script. It was essentially this script ready to go. They wanted uh, Nimoy involved. They wanted Nimoy to direct. Nimoy was like, I wouldn't mind directing, but I'd like to make some changes. I think we need to make some changes to the script. And they're like, no, sir. Oh. Oh. So they lost Nimoy. Yeah, and Nimoy was like, then I'm out. And like, but you're going to be in the opening, right? And he's like, no. I'm out, out. And they're like, okay, fine. Watch that opening scene again on the Enterprise B. All of Scotty and Chekhov's lines were written for Spock and McCoy. Mm. They literally just went into the script, crossed out Spock or McCoy, and put Scotty or Chekhov. (laughs) Why is Chekhov so worried about nurses on the Enterprise B all of a sudden? Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I was was actually... Yeah, yeah, I was like, you're now nurses. And I was like, you working for Bones now? Like, what the fuck? They didn't rewrite the scene at all. Uh-huh. Well, they had they to just a little bit because Scotty had all the engineering bits. It was more sciencey stuff. It was we can put mm. the yeah. It was not it, nothing about the engine specifically. Just well, what about the the line where he was like, "Keep things together while I'm gone." He's like, "I always do." That yeah. feels more like a Scotty. Okay, moment. that's one line tweaked, okay. but that's about it. Couldn't mm. even been ad libbed. Yeah, too. yeah, uh, that was about it. So they wanted all seven of them just for this opening scene. Most of them said, oh, God, if it, like a cameo, I don't want to do a cameo. And uh-huh. uh, DeForest Kelly and Lynn anymore are like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And so it just ended up being the two of them. That was just lazy. Mm-hmm. And so when we get to the Next Generation crew, here's another thing. They were all going to have brand new uniforms for this movie. <laughs> In fact, there's a whole TNG action, uh, a Generations uh, action figure line uh-huh. where they have these new uniforms. Oh. And then at some point in the budget, they said, oh, we can't afford that. Not only can we not afford that, we're going to change it up a little bit, but TNG guys, you're going to wear some of the DS9 crew's uniforms. Look at, Jonathan Frakes is clearly wearing Avery Brooks's uniform, and Avery Brooks has a smaller build than him. That thing is, com- the sleeves are coming up the top, he uh-huh. has, the undershirt is sticking out. Okay. There's a point where Jordy's wearing the DS9 version sleeves, uniform. Yeah. The sleeves are draping over his hands. Oh He's God. wearing Chief O'Brien's uniform. But here's my question. Why are they wearing their next-gen uniforms at the beginning? They wanted the to mix it up, make it more visually interesting. Like it seems it seems like we're in a weird place where Starfleet's changing the uniform and let like hey, yeah. you now have two designs, you can choose which uniform you wear. Right. And mm-hmm. cuz they they kind of go back and forth. Exactly. There's no reason why. Okay. 
Other but than they, they didn't cut even the make versions of the new uniforms no. for this crew. Okay. No, wow. they, they just they were like, hey, Avery, not even for you, Stuart because his seems Stuart. Sort of I fit. think he had one that was that was okay. tailored to him, but literally everyone else no. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Real cheap and Z at the screen. You were even mentioning like, wow, they really throw threw some money at this. I'm like, they did, and then they didn't in yeah. really <laughs> weird ways. They yeah. used the costuming budget to blow up all the yeah. shirts. So, but it's interesting. The, the movie is not a director or a writer coming up with a creative vision and following it through. It is a company wanting to launch a franchise mm. and having to cater to two stars who are difficult to varying degrees, supporting cast that have demands, uh-huh. a movie-going audience that would like to see a movie, and then <laughs> all the Star Trek fans that need to see a certain amount of things, too. Yeah. It's not a matter of too many chefs spoiling the pot. It's too many people in the goddamn restaurant asking for substitutions. Mm. Yeah. I have a question, though. Yeah. Why are they trying to launch franchises that are already launched? Well, they're trying to launch a TNG movie franchise Movies. now. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Not, not sell the concept of right. the show. Not okay. sell the concept of the show, but sell the idea of Patrick Stewart and company being in movies mm-hmm. from now on. Like, this feels like it would have been better as a handoff from the old crew to the beginning of Next Generation, but I guess you don't give a yeah. TV crew a, right. a movie right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's just really interesting that it's not it's a it's a grocery list of a movie mm-hmm. like they've got scenes and they, they these are scenes these are things that we, everybody wanted to see at some point data getting his emotion ship yeah uh the crash landing of the saucer section was actually put several years before into the TNG technical manual as here's something that the enterprise could do in an emergency just the, the saucer could land, soft land on a ship. Uh-huh. I remember seeing that in like 1992. I'm like, oh, that'd be dope as hell if they did that in the show. And then I read in the script. I'm like, they did it. Oh, God, the Enterprise D is gone. Oh, God, everything's going to be gone. I'm 10 years old and I'm suddenly realizing everything's everything's going to end. Yeah. <laughs> Life is finite. Yeah. I'm living a really sheltered life up to this point. Everything just stops. <laughs> And you know, Nexus is a metaphor for heaven or whatever. But so. it's a really weird muddled metaphor. Like, how does it work? Like, they left, they go in, they don't, they, they, sometimes they're also, still there. Also, why is it called the Nexus and not, like, Nirvana or something? I think and that's just what the Elorians called it. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, it probably still, meant something in their language. Yeah. yeah. It just seems like a translation. Error. But also, how did, okay, so, so the whole plot of the bad guy is him destroying stars to alter the course of this this ribbon Mm -hmm. so that it will sweep him away because he can't fly a ship into it because it will explode and he will die theoretically enter the kirk of it all who was on a ship that exploded or didn't explode but got damaged and he fell out into space presumably at the exact moment the ribbon came why couldn't you just, like, fly a ship and go, like, dive into it or something? There's, <laughs> a, lot of, there's a lot of dumb plot holes in that. Like, okay, yeah. so there's the massive sequence where the Enterprise-D is destroying it. I think we'll leave it at that before we go to our commercial break. Don't okay. forget. Okay. Commercial break! Commercials! See all these horses? They actually belong to me, William Shatner, and I am going to charge the production for the use of them. Because, terrible actor, possibly. Awful person, maybe. Good businessman, always. Shatner brand horses. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw. <laughs> you already bought them. <laughs> Don't shat the kitchen. Dill weed. Put it in your eggs. Messages of social enlightenment. 
Trans lives matter. Yes, black lives matter. Oh, you got it. Anywhere is black lives matter. I know you disagree with that, and I said it. <laughs> that took a turn. <laughs> he, he, that just became the villain. <laughs> he just went full super villain on me. Water is life. Yeah. Wear a seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> Hydrate before you dehydrate. Yeah. <laughs> if you own some horses, get a little extra money out of your employer. What? Shatner <laughs> thing. Don't be William Shatner. Don't be William Shatner. Don't. If you. Yeah. I saw a tweet. Like, there's a tweet trend going on. Like, what's your favorite Star Trek-related tweet? And somebody said, I think it's dope as hell that if Spock were real, he and Nimoy would be friends, and they would play the loot together and stuff. <laughs> but if Kirk was real, he'd find William Shatter and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. That's absolutely true. <laughs> Stop Asian hate. Yeah. If you enjoyed what... <laughs> If you enjoy what's coming out of our bodies, boy, do we have products for you. (laughs) Including very fine podcasts, among which... I'm only on a few of them, so it's fine. ...are Disorganized. A Chrono Minds podcast with your host, Z. Laura. And unfortunately, me, Eris. (laughs) They air on Mondays. We also, on the Fridays that we're off, have Beyond the Cabin in the Woods with friends of the show, Donna and Kenzie and myself. We have full runs of As the Myth Turns, The Fourth Wall, and Friendables, two friends talking about Hannibal Lecter. Books, blogs, movie reviews, and nothing else. Partyapocalypse.com. Z, do you have anything to plug? I have a TikTok. Yeah. At, at, at underscore, it's just Z underscore. Good. Uh, get a library card. <laughs> yeah. Love of my life, do you have anything to plug? No. Okay. <laughs> well, and with that, we'll go back to our episode. What was I talking about before we went to the <laughs> oh, no, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Something about the Enterprise D. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sequence, the sequence of the Enterprise-D being destroyed, big special effects, explosions, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. They wreck the hell out of that Enterprise-D mm-hmm. bridge. And a lot of stunt actors. A lot of stunt actors, a yeah, lot of extras a... throughout the ship. Being thrown willy-nilly. They, they spend out money for John Alonzo, a very famous director of photography who worked on... Uh, Chinatown's the one I can think of immediately. So the whole ship actually looks a little weird. Throughout yes. the movie, it looks darkly lit, and except mm. for the times when they're near a star, when it looks weirdly brightly lit. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, think that's a movie cinematographer trying to, and I don't, I love those TNG sets. I think they're just the the cat's pajamas. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were built for movies. It's also jarring to see seven years of the brightly lit yeah. thing mm-hmm. to suddenly, it's like, oh, we're on the night shift yeah. <laughs> yeah. for the whole movie. Right. Everybody's so sitting just, in the dark. Yeah. 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 It's off. It's a little off. Uh, but they they spent money on that. Here's the thing that pit- <laughs> two things that piss me off. <laughs> oh, just two. They really grind my gears about this. Movie. <laughs> First of all, in that sequence with the Enterprise D destroying, there's a big emotional scene where they're trying to get kids evacuated in mm. the saucer section. Kind of tugs at the heartstrings. Fucking bullshit. Emotionally manipulative garbage. There's no reason those kids should have been on the star drive. That's all industrial oh, are there business oh. stuff. Are there schools not on that? The schools are in the saucer section. Oh. There's no... Like, 
The they're kids already, didn't need to be evacuated. They're already in the safe zone. Okay, that really sucks, because that little girl lost her teddy bear, and oh, that's when I lost I it. I've thought about that teddy bear for 30 years now. Like, that kid has some trauma. Oh, I have to go away from my home, and my teddy bear got lost in the start of... I, I don't know. Were they doing a tour for the kids? That's what I was like. Was yeah. in the middle of a battle? Because they were field also trip? with not their parents. Right. So maybe it was a school field trip. Once the ship goes to red alert, isn't the field trip canceled? Isn't yeah, it? Everybody sure. goes into the shelter just until this thing blows well, over. Were, right. They were moving them along, but who knows? Really, no, it was point put, is taken. It was put in there to tug at your heartstrings, and it does that, but it does it for completely illogical reasons. But it yeah. also only does it for just a few seconds. It's yeah. not yeah. much of that whole sequence. Yeah. But then there's parts of it where Jordy's leaving the star drive where he's got the kids and then he doesn't have the kids and then he has the kids again. The movie's not edited real sharply <laughs> across the board. I like that he's like the hero of the piece, though. Yeah, he oh, got yeah. he gets everyone out of engineering, but that's kind of his job. He's the chief yeah. engineer. He's the last but one. But then out. he's like, "All right, let's get everyone else out of the thing." Like yeah. he is leading everyone. Also, oh, he yeah. gets tortured. Yeah. yeah. And it, does that bring us to your second point? Um. Because I know what you're gonna say oh. about his visor. Well, there's that. Okay, that's another thing. Okay, then there's three things okay. that grind my gears. <laughs> Second one. Okay. Jean-Luc Picard and James Tiberius Kirk go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they are with the women of their dreams. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair statement mm-hmm. to say. That's at least what we're supposed to be told. And both of them are randos Yeah, we've never met. Mrs. Picard does not have a name. She just is a tea server. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, come on, Picard. It's not Beverly. It's not even that lady he fell in love with who played the piano. Yeah. That, yeah. or it could have been the woman from uh, the Katarian planet with the flutes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. If it's a fantasy, hey, everybody on that planet lived. Everybody's fine. Hooray. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like he would go back there in his mind. He had kids in that, so yeah. yeah he, that's... he had grandkids. Yeah. yeah. It could have been, it could have meant more if it had some attachment. And it's not like they couldn't afford Gates McFadden for the movie because she's underline, already there, <laughs> right. and underline. Here, I'm going to need you to do two more lines. Like, I'm and, sorry, I can't. My oh, contract said exactly 187. What's, this what's, is way what's, out there. What's Gates McFadden's contribution to this movie? She gets thrown in the fucking water. That's it. Mm-hmm. Period. Full stop. She was not happy with Generations. Like mm. She felt like the team... It, really, she is horrendously underused in all of you the TNG movies. You know sad? Nurse Ogawa. She's in the movie, has no lines. No yeah. lines. Yeah. And then like James T. Kirk sees this woman on the mountaintop with the horse. It isn't the mother of his son, Carol Marcus. <laughs> it isn't Edith Keeler, the, the mm. nun from the 20th century that had to die. It's Rando! <laughs> Hello, Rando! Hello. Let us go riding horses together! The defining mm-hmm. part of her character is that she likes eggs. Yeah, yeah, with dill. <laughs> Mm. Apparently. Ugh. Whatever. That's dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if it's all like, okay, Joan Collins plays Edith Keeler. You can't afford Joan Collins. You can just say it's Edith Keeler in silhouette on the distant mountain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can just say that. I believe you. <laughs> I'm here to have a good time, movie. I don't want to disbelieve you. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Nexus ain't shit. <laughs> Nexus ain't shit. That's exactly it. <laughs> well, I, maybe that's why Picard so quickly was like, I don't oh. like this woman. Because he was out of it pretty fast. He was out of it pretty fast. And Picard's like, yeah. wait, the Ellorians are literally willing to spend decades trying to get back here. <laughs> He's like, I'm bored. Maybe they're not. Um, yeah. Great. Yeah. I am ashamed that I've seen this movie this. several times. Mm-hmm. This is the first watch through where I realize that uh, Guinan in the Nexus is wearing the same outfit as Guinan, who was rescued century. from the 23rd century. Yeah. Because mm. she said she, she was an echo of yeah. that one. And I was like, it did because even the hair <laughs> was shorter. And I was like, oh, why? I never noticed yeah. that. I feel feel a little silly for not having noticed yeah. that before. But also, didn't we have an entire I'm gonna I'm gonna yes, set please. you up for the serve here. Yeah. Or I'm gonna serve one to you. Okay. Um hit a baseball I ball reference. Yeah. Um <laughs> sports ball. Sports ball I'll throw a sports ball in your direction and you will manipulate it into you, the form that you wish. You will. Didn't we have a whole episode wherein Jordy's visor was manipulated by a uh, another group of people who yeah. were had nefarious intentions. Right. Shouldn't that have been the first thing that Crusher checked when he came back? From... Absolutely. Yeah. The ship blew up real nice because nobody was checking on the visor. <laughs> and I'll, uh, and they still alert. didn't. They don't address it. Yeah. In the film, so is his visor still like still that? transmitting to the Klingons? Yeah. yeah. But okay. the Klingons are gone, so who cares? Right. Yeah. Still. But, now, granted, Somebody else could pick up that. No, receiver. that was Lursa's private iPod oh, okay. that she was okay. having it transmit to. So that's been exp- that's exploded. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. To the universe's credit, we never see the visor again. By the time we catch oh, up with him in the next true. movie, he has ocular implants. And, okay. Yeah. He's like, yeah, maybe fuck the visor. Well, Bart Burton hated the visor because, I mean, imagine being an actor and your whole thing you cannot emote with your eyes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like a big chunk of your face is... Oh, yeah. Out sure. of commission, yeah. yeah. So, so tell us how you feel me. about that movie, is it? I think it's a weird... <laughs> like I've said at the top, it's a weird Frankenstein's monster. It tugs at the emotions, sometimes illegitimately. It's not a movie that's really designed to tell us a story. It's a m- movie designed to give us a list of things that we think we want. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I think, like, the best part about it was Spot and Data. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. Um, and that was about it. Spot lives. That's Spot right. lives. It's important, and Data cries because yeah, he, ultimately he loves his cat. He 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 cries like orange fluid. Good for him. <laughs> for a second, I was like, "Is this makeup running?" I'm like, no, it's supposed to be like <laughs> lubricant or something. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty. It was fun to watch, but like, yeah, yeah. like there are definitely Star Trek movies where I like. <laughs> I, I right. stand by it. If you put the first Star Trek movie, like the very first one, mm-hmm. like say I'm at a party and they put that one on the air, I will leave the party. <laughs> <laughs> like if it was five, I would stay just to eat all their chips and make fun of the movie. <laughs> like I still hate five, mm. but I would stay in the room. If it was one, I would leave the room entirely. This one I would be like, I'd watch. I would watch it. It's fun. This you know, is it's one... just not great. This is one that, like, when it comes on, like, it's one of those movies back when cable was a thing that would, like, come on cable and you're like, Uh it doesn't really matter where in the movie it starts. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'll sit and watch the rest of this. Like, when you're on vacation and you're like, all the channels are weird and you don't really know how to navigate it. And you're like, oh, shit, I found the first uh, Next Generations movie. Yeah, this is one of those kinds of watchable movies Yeah, like, we're still in the beginning here. Yeah. Things to enjoy. Movies get 
better. Not well constructed as a movie, yeah. I think. And you know, this is a new production crew. This is the T the TNG production company going into movies now. Yeah. So they don't they don't know how to make a movie yet, and they'll get better. Mm-hmm. They do. They also let Frakes direct the next one. Frakes the directs the next two, two films. He's, Knocks he's it out of the park. Good director. He is. I There's like the else. the old man fight at the end. Essentially, mm. yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll handle this. I'm master <laughs> fighting people on bridgeways. They had to reshoot that because it ended with Soren shooting Shatner in the back, and that was how he died. And the test audience was like, that's all Kirk does? And they're like, how about we throw him off a bridge? And like, that's only like 5% better. (laughs) Bridge it is! (laughs) At least he gets to say one last dying word. Yeah, yeah. He did a lot of gesturing with that. Like, I I don't know, I just imagine like if you're on your deathbed, like moving would be uncomfortable and you not painful and he was clearly a, a spinal of... injury and yeah. he's like he's moving like hey 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 and like, yeah. oh, no, I'm okay yeah. Picard's like shh it'll be, all be better soon go to sleep go to sleep <laughs> it's okay you're supposed to be dead you're dead already yeah. Yeah. I'm the captain now <laughs> I'm gonna have to fill out paperwork for this <laughs> I'm going to bury you in these rocks, and I'm not going to tell anybody you're here. Yeah. Right? Not, there's, like, the only marker is just <laughs> Enterprise. I'm like, eh. That's true. He's probably going to tell that story to people, <laughs> like, yeah. later. And, like, no, no. Kirk died before that. Okay, They're all going to think he's nuts. Yep. Yeah. He's going to be, like, just sitting in the rocking chair with his, like, adopted grandchildren. Because, again, adoption, I think, is the best route for him. <laughs> um, and he's just like... I remember when I helped kill James T. Kirk. <laughs> Be like, Shut okay, up. Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> no, really, I buried him with these old two hats. I got this scar. You told me you got that scar from the flute. I don't remember. <laughs> yup. <Yeah. laughs> oh, oh, I love Patrick Stewart. This was the other thing that pissed me off. So Kirk's dream house. <laughs> I had this, I just, I never noticed this before this screening. Okay, Kirk's in the dreamland, Kirk's house, where yeah. Antonio, Antonia's, Antonio. Uh, to, or Antonio. I mean, <laughs> well, it was an A in the... Look, he's I know, very Spock, saying. so... Yeah, I mean... That's, that's, Spock was yeah. the only one His for nickname him. for Spock is Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> my little Antonio, I made dill eggs for you. <laughs> I hate it when you call... Just call him my fucking real... Like, what the fuck? James, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> There's a Klingon Batleth on display... In that house. Kirk would not have oh, yeah. a Klingon weapon on display in no, his house. He'd be like, no. get that shit out of here! Yeah. Yeah. Unless he personally stole that off a of Klingon. Right, that has to be a, <laughs> like a, a victor's trophy mm. kind of thing. Mm. You're like, and this is the weapon that I used, that I stole <laughs> and killed by whatever. I, the Vulcan sword that he uh, that he and Spock fight Mm-hmm. That I would have yeah. put mm-hmm. that up there. Yeah. Like, oh, here's the my boyfriend's. Here's my boyfriend's puberty sword. Here's yeah. when I fought for my boyfriend's honor. Yeah. yeah, and then married him. So next time we're going to go into Deep Space Nine season three. Yeah, yeah. Where um, everyone complaining on Internet 1.0 that the Niners don't have their own starship. It doesn't have any more complaints anymore because they get their own starship. Cool. Uh, <laughs> elsewhere, Quark marries a Klingon, has an audience with the prophets. <laughs> And we get to meet his mother. Aw, Quark! Aw, good for Quark. Also, the crew travels back in time to that halcyon era of the mid-2020s and gets everything kind of right. (laughs) It's sort of depressing. Oof. Yeah, it's not good. And uh, (laughs) 
Yeah, Oof. yeah. You're, brace yourselves for that one. Uh, also, the Maquis keep coming back and taking wax out of the crew, and dare I say it, they're going to have one attack that you're not going to see coming. Because they're cloaked. Got it. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Well, cool. there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they have cloaking technology. Oh, I mean, like, not in the Maquis, but, like, they, they introduced cloaking technology way back in the first, like, original series. You gotta use it. It's true. You gotta use it. So we'll see you then for that. Okay, bye-bye! Bye!